is impeccable i just need you to know that <laughs> thank you in i appreciate humility. that in all humility yeah you dude do you have any i, I gotta ask you this because a lot of my comic book art shirts i notice are not john ramita jr approved is there any like that's a good question i wish i knew i, I i'm sure that there are some out there but i've seen some get prepared at conventions Oh wow! Okay, uh, you know, print it up, then they do a market. But as far as the company and and other companies, I I don't know. I wish I knew. And I listen. I couldn't wear one. I would be one of those guys. But I could never <laughs> wear one. Of my... so I uh, haven't seen one. I don't know. Yeah, man. Because there, there's rarely ever any. This is the, uh, this is what we're going to talk about for the next hour. It's just my complaints about Spider-Man shirts. But there's <laughs> there's never there really. It's really hard to find a good one. And I feel like your art would be perfect on on one of that. All one right, of those I shirts. appreciate that. I got to talk to yeah. somebody. You'll see what they what they say at Marvel. Come Fantastic. On, well, that's Go all the, the time pot. we have. That's uh, it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. So how are you? So most of my, uh, I feel like most of my artist friends and, and writer friends over the time, course of the pandemic, I've kind of asked them how they're doing and they're like, I don't see the sun anyway. So, uh, <laughs> but you're, you're that's Italian, you're a social person. You know what I mean? You go out. So have you been affected at all? Uh, just socially, exactly. But the business wise, yeah. we work at home. I, and the guys right. I talk to the same thing. You know, this is one of the great things about this job. First of all, at the beginning, we felt like uh, uh, being a cartoonist was important because we weren't mm. affected. Things right. did get affected over the course of the year, but we stayed at home and we work at home and everybody mm -hmm. went went uh, virtual and went remote. The editors are all calling from their houses. They're working on their laptops. Right. Uh, the, whoever, whoever was getting the lease money from Marvel is getting stiff because they don't need the offices anymore. Everything's done remotely. <laughs> right. And uh, do you think that's going to change the business in any way? Like, do you think you guys are just, nobody's going to come into the offices at this point? I, I, I feel like I think there are people that are required that need the office for their work. If they lose their jobs over this, I feel bad. Yeah. However, with laptops, I think ever 90% of the jobs can mm -hmm. be worked from, the, from a remote laptop. And the editors and the uh, uh, the other people involved, the editors, the assistant editors, it looks like we're functioning. I get wow. constant work with constant talk. And the writers, same thing. And I scan high-res scans to the uh, other artists and the writers. It's uh, it's working out. We're massaging ourselves around the, uh, the edges, and it's working out. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome because I feel like uh, it, during this kind of thing, like I have a uh, favorite comic book stores. Everybody does or whatever. One of my buddies has one right down the street from him. They're they're doing well. I think he's actually alone keeping them in business uh, because he'll send he'll send me stuff that they've got or stuff that he just bought from the store or whatever. So that's awesome. But one of the ones that I, I love, um, what is that? I wonder the stores. I don't know. Did the stores suffer for a long period of time because they were reopened? I was I, wondering about that. You know what? I think they're, I, you know, I think comic book stores in general don't usually have a giant staff unless it's like Midtown Comics, something like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. for sure. But all the local ones that I kind of know, you know, they got one guy with longer hair than me and he works behind <laughs> the counter and, you know, knows every issue and stuff. I, one of the one, one of my favorite ones that I'll when I'm on the road or whatever is one, believe it or not, in Rochester, New Hampshire called uh, Jetpack Comics. And though I, I was concerned, you know, they're, you know, I became friends with them over the years and, um, I just asked him how he was doing. He's like, I feel kind of bad. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like we're, wow. we're shipping stuff out. He was getting new stuff in. And, um, you know, he had sent me some stuff just to keep me going over the, you know, different comic books that I'd never heard of and whatever. And so I'm happy. I mean, I'm glad the comics yeah, I'm glad things out. worked out. Now, it's a slow return because the, the industry itself took a bit of a shot. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if it can catch back up to where it was. We'll see. Right. I'm looking forward to trying. Yeah, and well, you're returning to Marvel in July, right? That's the uh, that's that, what I'd heard. That is correct. That that's is awesome, correct. dude. Because you I were hope sorely I'm not missed. To say that. I, I, I hope I didn't say anything too fast, but that's no, correct. I've got something I coming I, out in July. I think I read. I, oh God, I hope I didn't get it from. No, like, it was really. released. Marvel released it. And, okay, uh, good. Yes, July. Something will be coming out in July. It's wonderful. That's fantastic. Well, we're not allowed to know what it is, though, right? 
That's correct. I got to okay. keep my mouth shut. And that's yeah, not yeah. easy for a Sicilian. A New York Sicilian, keeping my mouth shut. I hear you. I'll, I won't ask any more about it, but I did want to in the because I noticed like through every article that I did read, they weren't telling me what you were involved in, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, son yeah. of a." But that's so uh, that part I'll keep quiet. That part I'll keep quiet. That's cool, man. So you, I mean, the the impact you've had on I mean, I started reading comics again because of you because your artwork, I, which by the way, I mean, I I have issues of stuff that you've done in the early days, but your artwork kind of changed from that over the years. I think more drastically i think than some other artists uh, like noticeably you know what i mean was there like was that like that. a conscious thing that you did or was it just natural progression over time that was because i sucked so bad when i first started <laughs> that as i got better it looked like a, a, a style change i did mm -hmm. have a moment where i tried something different uh, a, a blocky style because i was told it would give more mass to the characters that was the concerted effort and then i massaged and i got easier with it Mm -hmm. But I, I never really tried to, a style change as much as I just – I got better as I got – if you do something 12 hours a day for 40 years, you got to improve. Right. Otherwise, you won't be doing it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got a little better as I got older, and that's it. And I work around great people, and I have a brilliant father who's the Michael Jordan of artists. Yes. I got a chance to watch him. That's awesome, I'm, yeah. I'm the, I'm the white guy on the end of the bench. He's Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great analogy. I love that. And you you guys kind of, I feel like your dad and then you both kind of redesigned the Spider-Man look um, to perfection. Both, both I in, appreciate that. Wow. Uh, because I think like your, yours, your version of Spider-Man has always been my favorite just because I feel like that's how he's supposed to look. He's thin, but muscular. You know what I mean? It emphasizes the strength thing. And, um, and also one of my favorites, by the way, I'm going to try to bring it up. Uh, right now, if I can, but your Venom, um, I think in the mid when Venom, I think came back, right? Like, cause he, he was gone Venom? for a little bit. No, no, not even anti Venom. Um, okay. I think it was like mid two thousand, mid two thousand run or whatever, because Venom had been okay. gone for a bit, and then he came back, and it was this that I think is the best Venom I've ever seen because the suit looked that. alive every time you drew it. Like, oh, thank oh, you very much. I like, appreciate that. Yeah, that was um again. Was that something else that you that like you would notice? You decided to do with the character because no one ever drew it like that. Nah, I call it deadline style. If it comes out on time, I'm happy with it. <laughs> I, th there are few and far between moments when I say I've got to do this as well as this guy, mm -hmm. but it's been done before me, and I did have reference from other artists, mm. so the costume was correct. And then I tried to use what the writer would get would would infuse. Uh, it's right. a combination of things, but I never really made a conscious effort to do something like somebody, only better than somebody. And that, that was my impetus. I nice. got to do better than this guy. And there's so many guys that, listen, when I came in and then guys came in 10 years after me, they were all great. I had right. competition. And it's not easy. You understand. There's people around you that are better than you on, on oh. some nights. And that, damn, I got to get better. I cannot sit back on my ass and, and get lazy. Right. And, and they that keep you on your toes. That comes into play with characters like that. Yeah, that's that was because <clears throat> that was the first time I I mean first time for me anyway that I had seen it like drawn that way. So that was that was fucking awesome for me. I appreciate there, that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Is there anything like so? Do you do you have like favorite uh, writers that you like to work with in particular? Because there's uh, the one run that you guys had. I think it was like a one off, but it was basically um, uh, the one issue where it was a, it was an Avengers the new Avengers thing or whatever. But it was like when Apocalypse came back. Um, oh, okay. It was like oh, the time sorry. travel one with Kang. Hilarious oh, comic, but I just thought the combination <laughs> of the art, like it was, it was a, it was a quick run. I think it was only like five, five comics or something like that. But I was like, that has to be fun. Great writer, I, great I artist. Honestly, I'm going to be such a coward here, but I've worked with such great writers and so mm. many great writers. I couldn't possibly, uh, even if I did have a favorite, I don't know if I would want to open my my mouth about it. But I've mm. had such great uh, luck with writers. Everybody from Neil Gaiman uh, to uh, Dan Slott that I'm working with right now, this beautiful top shelf uh, of talent, bunch of guys. I, I, I couldn't possibly. Uh, style's different. Uh, maybe their, their, their results are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But I, I would work with any of them again. Mark Miller. Oh, my God. Everybody. I'm, I'm so yeah. lucky. Uh, Frank Miller a couple of times. Frank and I have had great – Frank and I came into the industry at the same time. We had great luck together. Wow. It would be hard – I would be hard-pressed unless there was a gun in my one of my offices. I wouldn't be able to come up with a name. <laughs> I think they're all fantastic. 
And that's a cowardly way. It's also a very honest way. No, but that was great. No, that was a great answer too. Because I mean, you started. You said when you started in the industry. I I read this recently. You were thirteen. Well, did they? I, did, I, I, did I, they know? I actually I wasn't working regularly. I came up with an idea when I was thirteen, and Stan liked it, and it became the Prowler, uh, and I got credit for it, and it was fun, and and uh, I, right. At the time, I couldn't go back to school and say, "Look at this," because comics were not. <laughs> so prevalent as they are now right. with the internet and social media. But uh, over the course of time, as I got older, then it became a, a fun thing to discuss. Yeah. Well, I feel like you tended to, because you did create the Prowler and then you also created Typhoid Mary, Forge, Hobgoblin. But I've noticed like you tend to downplay it a little bit. Like well, you're, you know, I mean, you... that's simple. That's simple okay. because at the age I started, there had been a history of brilliance before me. Mm -hmm. uh, and characters are great uh, before you. Uh, the villains that are created for those characters are great before you. The art is great before you. And then my father told me there's always going to be somebody better than you. Just deal with it. How you deal with it is how you become better. Right. So you keep your feet on the ground and you realize, I, yeah, Typhoid Mary I created based on my ex-wife. I hope she's not listening to this. <laughs> uh, well, Mary's got a couple of more redeeming qualities than that than my ex-wife. But <laughs> aside from that, that I took things from uh, um, uh, a life life experiences on a created characters. Mm -hmm. The Hobgoblin was based on the Green Goblin, so to speak, uh, and other characters. I always had something that I based it on. I'm proud of what I created, but always remember that there's somebody that's done uh, great characters before me. I can't I can't stand up on on a pedestal and scream and shout how great I am when this great artists and writers before me that have done better jobs. I can't, I, it's honest. It really is. And it's a Romita right. thing. My father's never had an ego. If he can't have an ego, I can't have an ego. That's a good lesson though, too, man. I mean, I feel like I, I cause it's, it's weird. Like I think uh, I like that explanation because I think sometimes uh, stuff I've read always seems like they make it seem like you don't necessarily like the characters that much. And that clarifies that it's not the characters. You're just very humble about, you know, uh, about what you created and what other people have created before I you. So that's, no, yeah, I'm, really, that's... I'm proud of the characters. I really am. Mm -hmm. And the writer and I have come up with some great ideas and uh, it's how they manifest that you ultimately, because you come up with a great idea and then you can screw the pooch and mess up with it. Mm -hmm. But we, the characters that, for instance, the Daredevil characters, Typhoid Mary and, and uh, Blackheart and so on. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Some of the ideas that we, we played with Mephisto, because I couldn't imagine the devil having a pair of pants on. So we, we played more demonic with, with Andesenti and, and Mephisto. That kind of stuff, which was organic, I was so proud of. But mm -hmm. I, again, I still say there, there are things that have been done that I envy. And I'm proud of what I do, but I will never get too crazy about it. Uh, I got more. Listen, I have more time left. I need to improve yeah. to get to where I want to be. Wow. That's inspiring, man. Um, because So one of the other things I was thinking, too, is like, so you have... Um, you know, you, you wrote and you created the Armor Wars and stuff. And also, um, like, do you get any kind of... Because you did Iron Man in the very beginning, right? That was, like, sure. when yeah. you started... My first full book that I ever did, yeah. Are you when, you... when you see the MCU and you see the movie stuff, do they kind of, like, ask you about, like, for just counsel on those things? Cause you, <laughs> I mean, are, the Armor Wars series is coming out. And I feel like they got it. Like you, that's your baby. You know what I mean? Like, do they, do yeah, they come yeah, to you yeah. for counsel and stuff? No, no. I get when artists get together or writers get together or all of us get together. It's always, it's a good combination of, uh, I like what you did here. Did you try this and try this? And what do you think? But it's never anything beyond that. It's superficial mm -hmm. because nobody really wants to pick your brain and say, I, what did you do? I'd like to do the same thing. Right. Nobody says that. Wow. There's enough, there's enough ego in artists where you got to do what you can do. Right. But there's always conversations about it. I love that run that you did, and much the same as you entered into this. Mm -hmm. You can't help that. You go to, like I said, go to a convention. After the convention's over, you sit at the bar, you talk about things, and artists will compliment each other, and then somebody will walk by, and then they'll say, "Well, I want to talk to her." You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <clears throat> that's incredible because yeah. I would. Does it drive you crazy that no one ever? Because <laughs> I would be like, uh, maybe a phone it's call. Not nobody nice. ever, but it never gets to the point. Oh. Where somebody will say, "How did you do this? What, what can I do to this?" I right. get it. I get asked questions about what What do you do to expedite, uh, to to pick up your speed when you have this, this, and this? Do you do anything special? And I I don't have any answers for everybody. Yeah. But when it comes to those runs, like you said specifically about the Arm Wars, it's more a little bit of congratulations. That was great. I really enjoyed you doing this, this, and this. 
and it, it doesn't really go beyond that. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, artists just sit there and talk about art. It's kind of cool. Who's your favorite painter? Uh, do you right. love MC Escher? Do you like the the, the Wyeths? That kind of thing. Because you go into a listen, you walk into a gallery, you walk into uh, a any kind of museum, and you feel this big. Say, oh shit, I'm a cartoonist. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I I totally I did a um uh I got asked to do, so I draw cartoons or, and whatever at a, at a book out. It's not about me, by the way. But I know I'm just, <laughs> you know. But I did this. I know it, it's always. So I hate talking about myself. But like the uh, just to that that point though too, I felt the same way. I got asked to do my first um, like uh, art exhibit or whatever. Some one of the okay. one of the directors of the this art thing that was opening up or whatever. It's like a few four or five years ago, and uh, and I was like, sure, I guess or whatever. And I felt the same way. There was a dude who literally took um, the uh, you know bumpers off of cars. You know, <laughs> bent them or whatever the fuck he did, rearranged them. And, you know, there was another guy who spent hours, you know, uh, with some kind of art style. I don't even know what the hell it was, but he's like layering paint where it almost looked like, you know, I think he lost his wife because he was spending so much. You know what I mean? Like oh, people yes, whose blood and sweat. And I drew lines and threw them in frames or whatever. And the funniest thing was, is that I think it was pissing everybody off. People kept going to the cartoons. Because I they had a point of view and whatever the hell it is, so I think I know what you mean. Where you like, I was like, oh, it's gonna be fucking brutal, and then Everything it was kind of relative. hilarious. Everything is relative. Exactly. And, uh, there are artists in the business who aren't as uh, uh, prolific as I am, possibly as cartoonists. Mm. They are painters in their in their spare time, and I can't compete with that. Oh yeah. I saw one, I saw a guy on a paint on a paint. Excuse me, painted on a flight from New York to Boston on his tablet with his thumb. And he brought it up to me. He said, what do you think of this? Oh, my God. <laughs> it was brilliant. And I painted the last I painted was in college. I got to get back to that. I wow. can't wait. Again, but the, the, everything's relative. You see somebody mm -hmm. that will blow you away and, you're, and you, you, your feet come back down to the ground again. Yeah. The, the painting thing, I can't do either. I've never been able to paint. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how people do. I'm, I'm blown away by all that. Kind. Anybody who does anything outside of cartoons i'm always amazed because i just i never my brain doesn't work in any kind of way to do it but you know it's it's crazy do you have do you do you like having uh uh the comic book art thing or do you ever get tired of like do you ever like have a character where you're like i can't i can't draw one more fucking line on spider-man's costume you know what i mean <laughs> like because that is the those lines man i don't know how you do like it's like do you draw every once once you figure out the formula it, it, it goes okay. quicker i've done it for a, i've done it a couple of times I haven't had a character uh, that I despise drawing because of the complexity of the costume mm -hmm. uh, for over any long period of time. I think the Jack of Hearts was a pain in the ass. It was uh. literally constant hearts everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then I pissed everybody off and I created the visuals on Madam Web, which was equally as ridiculous. It was too much. And right. I had people say, you really got carried away with the web stuff and the Spider-Woman, man. You know, you really shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Oh my god, that's crazy, man! And you had you had a great run with the X Men and stuff too. Um, but you, I heard you didn't really get along with Chris Claremont. Is that any truth? It was it was not a malicious thing with Chris. Chris just was not thrilled about having an inexperienced guy on his book. He and I, okay. he and I are good friends now. Uh, but good. over time, it was a matter of me as I got better and him putting up with me. And then I got a chance to go back <laughs> and work with him again. Uh, but the great artists that were before me, mm. he had been. Uh, pledged to work with them. So I, I, I took a little bit of offense. I remember my father saying, listen, everybody's got opinions. Keep your mouth shut, your hands in your pocket, and do your job. Right. Uh, you know, if I, and I've said this a million times, if I swung at everybody that deserved to be hit, I would still be in, <laughs> in prison, I swear. <laughs> just, I just had to keep my mouth shut and learn. And I was an inexperienced guy at the time. Mm -hmm. But I worked with Chris, who's got, he gave me these intense scripts fully scripted and I followed along and a couple of years later I didn't need scripts anymore wow so it's just a matter of uh everything's relative and Chris right. at first was a little bit standoffish because he wasn't thrilled about having to drag this punk kid around and right. then years past years past then we got along famously and we did a good job together yeah that's that's awesome to hear man because it, it's it, your combination of the both of you is incredible is there a guy, somebody's asking about is there a character I'm excited to draw yeah. at Marvel I haven't drawn the character yet I would love to work on Doctor Strange I oh, just wow. love Doctor Strange. Always That's happens. awesome. You haven't drawn Doctor Strange yet? Well, not as a... Uh, oh, right, as a series. Correct. 
Right, that's awesome. I got an idea for him, and I would love to play with it. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. And uh, good question. Thank you very much, and I apologize for not answering sooner. <laughs> no worries at all. This is on our. This is on us. Okay. <laughs> We're supposed to field these. Um, I, I think John is better at fielding the questions than you, John. <laughs> well, it, 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 I think he, he is. Up in front of me. Yeah, yeah he, he was like, he, sorry about not getting to that right away. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'll get to them later. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a habit of going like, wait, no, if, right. if somebody does, if somebody flashes a question across that I can answer without destroying the uh, context of our conversation, you're welcome, Mr. Albatross. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> wow, he's even I, nicer to them than I am too, Mr. Albatross. <laughs> I'm like, uh, something, something, whatever, wants to know if... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't segue, I'll try. I'll try to. I'll be quiet, which is not easy. I got a big mouth. What's the what? What was it like for you? What's the most memorable so far in your career? Like, uh, like storyline that you worked on, something that you always go back to. Storyline. The, the most memorable is the nine eleven issue. Um, oh, unfortunately, yeah. for the wrong mm-hmm. reasons, but right, uh, it's, it's memorable and uh, uh, it came about, and I didn't want to do it, thinking it was a bad idea, and I was obviously wrong because they handled it well. Right. And uh, I'm very proud of it. As far as aside from something that serious, um, Man Without Fear with Frank was something I am the most proud of overall mm-hmm. uh, from scratch to finish. Um, I got to work with Frank and that, listen, goes without saying. And Al Williamson, who's one of the greatest illustrators who ever worked in comics, uh, I, 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 couldn't be more, I couldn't be more thrilled. And every time I see it, I look at it and I say, well, I, I really, I had a good month. I'm re- very happy wow. with this. Yeah. yeah, that was a great run with Daredevil. That was when I actually really got into Daredevil. I wasn't really, like, he was a cool character beforehand, but after, um, when you did Daredevil, it was amazing. I appreciate that. And working with Frank, I've worked with Frank on, on several occasions, and we just get along famously because we came into the industry at the same time, uh, or maybe slight, a couple of months apart, and we had the same kind of style, which was working from plots. And he's an artist originally, and he worked from a plot, and he would just send me plots, two or three Sentences would give me 20 pages or one paragraph would give me one panel. But it was all the kind of thing that we had done together, uh, done at the same time when we came into mm-hmm. the industry. So he would give me, uh, for instance, the the, uh, the Superman uh, year one that we did just a couple of years ago, he gave me 15 mm-hmm. pages of plot. Wow. And it came out to be 200 pages of artwork. Holy and I shit. probably could have done 400 pages of artwork because it was, it just ha- it was juicy. It had so much. And that's the way I like to work because I've done it before and I like working with from plots. Mm-hmm. So I, if I had to pick and choose, I'd say Man Without Fear. Wow. What, <clears throat> 400 pages. So when you're when you're doing your drawing and stuff like that, I use uh, when I do my, I mean, there's no equivalency, by the way. But like I'll use a Cintiq or a drawing tablet. Are you a fan of that kind of stuff or do you kind of still prefer like? I'm still hammer and chisel. I go way back. <laughs> paper and, and erase, and especially erasers. Although the, the story is throw your eraser away because the first thing you put down generally is better than what you do if you erase it several times. However, oh. uh, pencil and paper, and I use different leads. Uh, for instance, I'm working on Schmuggy and Bimbo is a, a graphic novel uh, idea I come up with 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 uh, Howard Chaikin. And nice. I'm, it's black and white pencil, and I'm using charcoals and pencil, side of the pencil, very, very grainy paper, heavy gauge paper. Mm. Uh, that to me is old style, but it looks like a 50s movie or a 60s movie. I love that. I love that yeah. cinematography, film noirish look. Yeah, so noir. I would prefer, which can be probably repli- replicated with a tablet. Uh, the guy that did that painting in the, on the plane had said he had two hundred different stylus textures. Two hundred. Right. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> so it's, I it is. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have this constant gray din on my forearm. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of – it's weird. I think in the beginning when you're starting to do that kind of stuff, you feel like it's cheating. But at the end of the day, you're like, fuck it. No, I mean it's – you know, I'm still trying <laughs> to create stuff, you know? Correct, correct. Um, but that is awesome. Do you Are you a fan of uh, like the the television shows, the movies and stuff like that? Like, like are you a fan of seeing that kind of stuff? Because I feel like even the Daredevil uh, Netflix show, which was far beyond the other ones, kind of took from uh, your run. Yeah, I was very proud of that, and I got some acknowledgement from the, the producer and director. Yeah, mm. that, you can't not be proud of that. Yeah. Uh, that shows you, Man Without Fear did, listen, Frank's Frank's impetus, Frank's ideas, and then the two of us doing it together with Al, that could not not be used in some capacity. Uh, but, the yeah, I'm very proud of that series, very. And I, I, I would love to see more of it, and, and yeah. I'm, I'm looking for it. And uh, I, any time that happens, listen, when Kick-Ass first came 
out. Mm-hmm. And my wife, who is my wife, Kathy, said to me, try, and jokingly at the time, she said, try to act like you've been through this before. You know, don't get too excited. <laughs> First time I saw my name on the screen, I had, I just thought, oh, shit, oh, look at those. She says, calm down, calm down. But the pride in seeing somebody use your, your, your work, yeah, mm-hmm. it goes without saying. Love it, love it, and very proud of it. Do you get, do you ever get any pressure from Marvel or anything like that? Like I notice, like some of the every anytime a movie comes out, or or there is somebody that is the quintessential like Robert Downey being Iron Man or whatever, I'll notice sure. the art start to change in some of the comic books or that. Do you get like, do you prefer that where you're like, okay, now I've got somebody, I got to make him kind of look like, or do you prefer only, to do your own? The only the only time that might happen is to adjust the costume slightly so it's not such a departure. And it might just be a, a, a casual comment from the editor. It might not be from corporate. Who knows? Oh. Uh, but it's slight. It's never anything to the extent you have to make everybody look like Robert Downey Jr. But Downey Jr. looks like Tony Stark to he a does. certain extent with the facial hair. Right. Uh, I, I'd even take, if somebody were to say to me, uh, make it look more like the costume in the film, you know, Black Panther, for instance, I have no mm. problem with that. I, it, it wouldn't bother me. And I think it's a nice coming together if it need be. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I always see. Some people seem to have such a problem with that where they'll be like, I think they're trying to make, because that's what I think, uh, you know, they'll be like, I think they're trying to make so-and-so look a little bit more like the guy he's going to play in the movie or whatever. And I'm like, is that so much of a, if they, if they long as yeah, they kind of look alike, because um, I think yeah, people no, don't. No, the true, the true, the true readers, if they get ticked off about that, I, I want to, I'd like to sit down and talk to them and say, but you understand, let's bring it all together. If they say, no, they like to be disparate about it. And, and this looks like the film and this looks like the book. And that's the way I prefer it. Okay. And there's not a whole lot can be done. There's a guy that ran the, did the movie and distributed it and said he'd like to see some similarities. I'm sorry. I got to, I got to follow yeah, along. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a, a preferred um, kind of uh, art style that you like? Like, I know you've got yours, whatever, but like when you're reading a comic book, is there something that you prefer to see your characters look more like? Cause there's, there's for me personally, there's some, I can't, it really, the art really makes it for me in most of the comic books. And whenever I see uh, any of the X Men or Spider Man be betrayed too cartoony when they're not supposed, I I lose interest, Understood. man. I don't know Understood. what it is. I, I look at the pictures too. I don't look. I r- rarely read a, a, a dialogue in a book mm-hmm. because I want to see the art, and I I'm c- keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. Be that as it may, the, at first cartoony styles, which were different, it was the the Ditkos, the Ramitas, the the Buscemas, the Kirby's. Frank Miller, mm-hmm. Jim Lee's guys with our disparate styles. Love seeing styles. And as as realism became more prevalent, uh, seeing Neil, Neil Adams' style, which was a little bit more realistic, uh, I, I honestly couldn't pick and choose. So okay. I, I couldn't consciously try, I couldn't consciously do what I, what I wanted to do, which was look as good as everybody uh, and be realistic and stylized at the same time. So I, if it came out on time, I was happy with it. I could not pick and choose if, if I was forced to. I like style, but I like to see realism. Wow. So it, uh, under that aegis, in my eye, eyes, at the re- behest of a writer once was, listen, uh, uh, use all of the things in your life, your apartment, your car, your clothing. Let's do realism. Peter Parker was in my apartment at one point, that kind of thing. All of the wall hangings. Uh, I used my friend's <laughs> bars and, and places of businesses and their faces to make it realistic, and yet my I thought I had a style, and I thought every writer and artist should make that effort. Um, however, you know, when you get out to outer space and you get surreal stuff and, and wild stuff, not necessary. But right. with Marvel, I did characters that were based in reality to a certain extent. Peter Parker's mm-hmm. from Queens, you know, Daredevil, uh, Hell's Kitchen, etc., and The Punisher. They all look like relatives of mine, especially The right. Punisher. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so awesome. I like to have the reality to that extent, but I couldn't choose. If somebody come up with a wild style right now, I don't mm-hmm. know if I would say, nah, I prefer realism. I don't, I don't think so because right. we are in a business, as long as you tell the story, even with a stylized look, Frank Miller is a brilliant storyteller and he's got a style, an extreme yeah. style. So I'm good with that. That's awesome. Another, dude. Pussy uh, answer. Another cowardly answer. No, 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 no. Still a great, still a great <laughs> answer. No, you may Makes me feel like shit for not picking up those other books. <laughs> God. Um, no, that's, that's the thing too. And there was a, there was a couple other things. So you were talking about like, you know, the space stuff, whatever. Do you, when you have like a big scene that you have to draw with like uh, kind of like outer space kind of stuff, 
do you do you like that kind of uh like work that you have to do do you prefer the city stuff do you prefer the the space stuff because there, i've seen some of your your stuff when you do it and it looks like there's a real joy to the art like i see all the little details all the play or do you feel like this is a lot of That's shit a great question. This. excellent question and the, the answer is pretty much both in that there's got to be a balance when I was very young, I, I was able to sit in on a plot session with Stan and my father when I was a mm -hmm. kid. And Stan's, one of Stan's great lines was, we have to find that balance between reality and fantasy. Mm -hmm. Do too much of one, then you need the other. If you find just the right balance, the story is two-thirds reality, and just that little tweak of fantasy, and people are salivating for the next issue to be all about fantasy. And the yeah. reverse is also true. So I, 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 I like both, but I like mm -hmm. to balance it. Uh, that's the good thing about having characters based in New York City. That was one great thing. When I mm -hmm. found out that Peter Parker and Spider-Man lived in Queens, as my, we were driving into Manhattan. My father points Forest, excuse me, Forest Hills. He says, that's where Peter Parker and Spider-Man live. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, and if the reality of the character with the fantasy involved, it's fantastic. Now, I love right. the greedy characters. I love the Daredevil and I love the Punisher. And even Spider-Man is, is a street-level character. Yes. There was something about that where Superman was perfect. Peter Parker and Spider-Man got the snot beat out of him, and they were imperfect. Yep. You know, the costume shrunk in the, low, in, the, in the wash, that kind of thing. And the Aunt May would, you know, shake her finger at Peter Parker. That brought everybody from Metropolis into Queens. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. And suddenly I had a character living not too far from me. And mm. I said, Dad, we got to go past the building. He says, I'm not sure what building it is. So we drove around Forest Hill for an hour. <laughs> the man had the patience. He has the patience of Job, my father. Oh, my God. That's incredible. But that's the balance of reality and fantasy. And honestly, there are scenes, and I just did one in the book I'm, I'm working on right now, based on a guy named M.C. Escher. Okay. Uh, if you look him up, you'll see what I mean. Anybody listening to this, which eight dimensions. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the scene that I was asked for was outer dimensional. And I had just passed by the image of the, the stairway painting that M.C. Escher did. And I've always loved that crazy, insane thing uh, of the, the four, five, six different dimensions in one piece of artwork. I did it in the gray area. I did a graphic novel in the gray area. And the character arrives in the gray area, and it was M.C. Escher's uh, afterlife with a trillion different souls up to his face like this same kind of feeling of complete uh, uh, claustrophobia love that love that um somebody uh, uh, albatross again asks how do you think about drawing characters with more abstract powers like scarlet witch great question and it actually relates right back to the question we talked uh, the point we talked about recently but dr strange mm. love it love yeah. it because if you have a grasp of how to get think out of the box as an mm. artist then you can get crazy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the fun thing is with Doc, with, uh, with the Scarlet Witch, the same as, uh, as Doctor Strange. It, you're, you're limited by what your imagination is. And, I, I, you know, my imagination is what it is because of this business. And I, had a, I had a little bit of it before I started, but mm -hmm. all you have to do is look at books, look at comics, look at the films about the comics. Yeah. Oh, man, if you don't expand on your imagination. So the Scarlet Witch is a brilliant character. Brilliant character. Love her. Yeah. Love her. She, they, 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 I love that they finally, like, they gave her an arc with uh, WandaVision. I don't know if you've been watching the series and stuff, but yep. Yep. that was beautiful the way they did that. Because they were great yes. characters in the movies and stuff, too. And then they just completely rounded them out to full to the fullest extent or whatever. And I'm looking forward to uh, what she's going to do in the new Doctor Strange movie when it comes out. As I am. Yeah. Definitely. Um, a buddy of mine. Trust yeah. Sorry, keep on asking these good questions. <laughs> one of my one of my best friends, Greg Jagger, has a question. He wanted to know: um, Is there much of a difference for you uh, working with the big two than working with independent books? Uh, until I uh, until I broke through with mm -hmm. Kickass, um, mm -hmm. it, it, honestly, I would have been I was terrified. And interestingly enough, the answer was my wife came up with the answer. But uh, uh, I was nervous because I was in working with Marvel at the time. And I had to uh, uh, gear towards 15, 14, 13, 12-year-olds and parents who were overseeing that. Can't do right. adult material. I was terrified. Mm -hmm. And then my wife said, well, but this is adult material going in. You know it. Just apply your, your whole process to the adult material. Mm -hmm. And knowing it's adult material, the parents, parents won't let those kids read it. And I had a 12-year-old son at the time. 
Right. So I had to kick him out of the office. I'm disemboweling <laughs> some character. Right. And I had to kick my son out of the office. And then my son came. My son came to watch the film. So wow. my, the point is that it's it's hard to find that middle ground, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I, I would prefer that uh, you broach the subject of adult material in a classy way with the big two. Right. However, that's what the great thing about the independence is. And I have Schmuggy and Bimbo, which I uh, which I'm so excited about with Howard, and uh, the Gray Area, which we're working on getting it turned into a film with Legion M, uh, oh, uh, and I have four or five other ideas that I'm I'm hoping that when I get a, the next film done, so to speak, mm-hmm. that'll let the three. Then they'll give me that statement. What else have you got? Yeah. <laughs> do you do you go back in and storyboard those films necessarily? But I mean, you've already got the artwork, they've already got the material. But do they bring you back into like? We need you to actually map this out, or or is it not something that you're interested in? I helped out with a little bit with uh, Kickass. I did. Kickass, yes. the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I worked on Big Hero Six. I did some consulting on the film Big Hero Six. Right, but only to a certain point before the union guys kicked in, so I had to stop. Oh, okay, uh, okay. And now they're doing the live action version of Big Hero Six, aren't they? Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. That's well, gonna I be exciting. Some, I created flavors for some of the characters, but the final costumes and the final versions were done by the the the, the Disney guys. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I helped out with things like that. And that's so flattering and so much fun. Absolutely. That's awesome. Do you, uh, speaking of the Disney guys, do you, have you ever thought about, uh, do you dabble in animation at all? Has it ever crossed your mind to do that kind of stuff? Do you think your style would convert into an animated series? I think, I think it would because I'm not as intense uh, with line work uh, mm. to the exclusion of all else. I can get do that. <clears throat> but I, I think a little bit of, of, a, of, of Romita Sr., Alex Toth's, Esque Jack Kirby kind of a flair because I grew up in that when I was younger. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think that I think it works. And yeah, I, I think it would be fine. Sure, you want to? I would love to see that. I would love it too. That would be my pleasure. Absolutely, yeah. my pleasure. They need to bring back those old kind of '90s cartoons and stuff like that because I grew up on the '90s X Men cartoons or yeah, whatever and all that stuff. Right. But it's funny because I guess towards the end of the series, the animation started to go because I think there was no more money towards it. So it was like, even as a kid, I was like, the fuck just happened on the screen? Well, like, wait, it just, that, isn't isn't artistic animation now computer generated? Yeah, uh, it's all computer. Yeah, it's pretty much computer generated. So you do you do base artwork and it can turn. I don't know how much you do, but it's a lot less than the 24. <clears throat> 24, yeah. 64. Was it 64? was considered 100% animation back in the day. Yeah. A billion drawings had to be done, but at 64 per second or something to that effect, right. I don't think it's that, diff- that difficult now. Right, I no, it's not. I would. I. I don't know how. I give people like that so many, so much props because it's like oh, that's God, the most yeah. tedious shit. I tried to animate like a couple things here and there over the years. We had written like an animated show or a series, oh, and we had to. Oh, talk, about, talk about interrupting your thought. I'm thinking about no, no, drawing no, animation. This conversation came up with my son the other day. Uh, <laughs> the greatest drawn animated film of all time is Akira. Oh, really? I don't have, think I. It, you have got to see that flick. I met. All right. uh, Katsuhiro Tomo over dinner with uh, with Mobius, right. literally in Grenoble, France. Two, two, one of the greatest moments of my life. Two of the greatest artists you ever want to meet. Now, Mobius is, is unconscious how great he was. And I spoke a little French, and all he wanted to talk about was meeting girls. But Katsuhiro <laughs> Tomo is the guy, and he was a young guy too, but he's the guy that did Akira as a graphic novel series. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Got released by Marvel and then the film. If you don't if you're not impressed by seeing that film as an animated, drawn animated film, I don't know how much was computerized, if if any. Fantastic, stunningly amazing, wow. fantastic stuff. Uh, I'm definitely gonna I'm watch sorry. it now. No, no, I no. Apologize for interrupting you. Don't apologize at all. I got nothing. I've I've streamed everything that's in existence right now. So <laughs> the fact that you just gotta gave go, me something else to watch. watch. Gotta I watch will. that flip. Gotta yeah. watch it on the big screen though. It's stunning. Stunning. I will. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's great, man. That's good. Uh, Akira, you said? Okay, I'll check it out. Akira, yes. Awesome. Um, so what, do you remember when you were a kid, because you were talking about, is your son getting into the arts at all, or is he? Uh, oh, no, he tried it as a kid and got frustrated that his father and his grandfather were better than him, so he just uh, gave it up. I, I understand. So I was going to ask, because that's a big, great segue, too, because what do you remember the first thing you drew? Like, not even, per, not even for money professionally, but do you remember actually, like, sitting down Here's a great story. My, I, um, in Queens Village, my father's got the attic office, mm-hmm. and it's two o'clock in the morning, and the monsters that are under my bed are starting to make the bed move. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got up terrified. I would think 
five or six, I forgot how old I was, and I pulled the ladder down, that queen's, the queen's ladder that pulled down, and I went up and crying. I'm saying, Dad, I'm terrified about Bob. And he was drawing uh, Daredevil number 12 with Kazar on the cover. Oh, wow. And uh, I asked him a couple of questions, and he told me, and then he told me that Daredevil was blind, and he's a superhero, and the top of my head blew off. And I apparently sat down and started drawing the human figure. And I don't know why that first, but I saw all of these characters. If you've seen that cover, number 12, Daredevil surrounded by the Plunderer, and up up here in the left-hand side of the cover is Kazar. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to draw the human figure at that point. So I think the first thing I ever did was a very bad human figure. Wow, that's incredible. Do you have any particular problem with uh, any one body part, or did you have one going? Like, I mean, you know, like Rob Liefeld has his feet thing, and basically yeah. the... And Captain America's chest or any other anatomy in general. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love you know I, I, Now, no, because I can, I, I believe it or not, don't move. All right. I, I have no place to go. <laughs> when, when I have a close image of mm-hmm. a spot in the body that needs to be perfect, mm-hmm. I break out the anatomy images. Oh, wow. For instance, the rib cage. Right. When you move it around and it's got to be tweaked in the back and the rib cage, mm-hmm. when it's prep, when it's so loud in the image, in the, in the panel or in the image, and it needs to be right. If you yeah. don't want to get an email from somebody from Sheboygan, Michigan saying, you can't draw Ramita, get the rib cage right, <laughs> which has happened. Trust me. Right. That's, that's what I do. I, I will refer to an anatomy book. And so when you do that, though, like some of these characters, especially like Spider-Man, but a lot of them kind of defy the natural anatomy kind of thing. Oh, sure. Do you sure. bend the rule? Like, do you try to stick to it as much as possible? Do you drive yourself crazy with that? Or do you just go, you know what? This is the way this guy looks. And I, I got a little bit of OCD in me that I will make sure it is close enough to reality. Right. Uh, interestingly enough, I started off where I wasn't good enough to get to reality. And now that I'm able to get to that point, it's important to me. And yeah. then the stylized version of it, you know, Spider-Man can't do some of the, the human being can't do some of the things that Spider-Man can do, but right. there's got to be that basis in reality. And I love the legs to look a certain way. Uh, I got complaints from somebody at a convention that my ankles were too skinny on Spider-Man. Really? And I went back and that person was correct. And I, wow. I fixed it. Uh, you know, you get, especially with social media or emails uh, on sites Ramita can't draw this. And he can't draw this. I, instead of cursing, and I, I go back and look, maybe the person's right. Wow. What the hell can only help? Yeah. That's a good way to look at it too. There was a, the Straczynski run that you had, um, a, one of my all time favorites. He's, he's an incredible writer. Um, Brilliant. did you, was it, was it kind of like emotional for you to kind of have to, cause he, the, the storyline there, Spider-Man got to revisit a lot of the stuff that your dad had kind of drawn previously. And he went through his memories. Was it, did you talk to your dad when you were doing that? Yeah. What yeah, was that like? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. What and was he, it like drawing he, those? He, he, kind of shrugged his shoulders. Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> and again, how do I have an ego with a man like that? But Straczynski, yeah, that Joe did a great, great thing there. That's, that's a very good. And I enjoyed that wholeheartedly mm-hmm. because it made me know that that is legitimizing this brilliant man. Right. And not that he didn't get a legitimate, get legitimized over the course of time, but he never tuned in his own horn. He was quiet. Mm-hmm. He right. called it a job. The man, he's a, Listen, he, you know, he thought of it as a job when he was a kid. It was mm-hmm. just a job. He needed to put a food on the table. Depression, mm-hmm. baby. That's the way they were. Yeah. I feel like that that uh, his generation of writers, artists, like even when I and I listen to interviews with Stan talk about it, it did kind of seem like that. Like they love the work that they do. They love the characters that they do. But they were literally just going to a job every day. Is that something that you Truth. think, like, is that the kind of thing you kind of model yourself after where it's like, like, because it had like for me, I think it would blow my mind when I w- if I was drawing these comic book characters and seeing them then on the big screen and getting people to ask me about certain things or whatever. And it's kind of weird to think about back then. They were like going into the office. Yeah. Well, think about it. The difference between then and now. Look what the internet has done. Look what social media right. has done. Look what film has done to this business. Uh, uh, it's blown egos out of proportion, but not to a bad extent. To the point that there are egos. Whereas right. back then. They were trying to put food on the table. Think about it. They, they didn't get the adulation that they deserve because yeah. they may have been fine artists that became cartoonists to put food on the table. Right. Uh, my father was classically trained, a brilliant painter. He did things at 16 I can't do now. 
Yeah. And guys of his age were that way. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and honestly, I want to become a painter to retire when I retire. If I ever retire, I would. I don't know. I'm having fun. I'm still having fun. Yeah. It's the best job. It's the best job that you have with your clothes on. Trust me. <laughs> um, there's, that's a, that's a good point too, man. It's like, you know, those guys, you know, didn't get the adulation they deserve. Do you think they got the, you know, money that they, like some artists like still have like, you know, um, like I keep reading about stuff. I think I read it in one of the Marvel book, like one of the recent Marvel history books that would literally art was stolen, missing, um, yeah. you know, what, and then that, I mean, does stuff like that still happen today or was it, it or people more, happen. if it happens, it, nobody knows it. Uh, the, the no. point is that I heard stories about art lying in stacks on tables over a weekend and it would go down a little bit every other day uh, over the weekend, whether it was the, the, the staff, the, the, the janitor staff or not. And then I hear stories about some artists will come in and, and non-maliciously grabbed some pages to take with them because they thought it was beautiful. Wow. Everything's relative. And back then, nobody thought of the business that it is now as in, in the sale of art. Right. Uh, uh, the story that my one of my father's Spider-Man issues it was in the hands of another artist who didn't know that at the time when he got it, that he got it from an, another writer uh, for a, a song that it had been lifted, so to speak. Wow. You know, so the stories like that, they're, they're anecdotal, and they might be secondhand, might not all be true. But the difference between then and now is it's a business, and it has been a business for quite a few years. Right. And this is, and over the time, it's been a little bit safer for artists. Like, you guys still get, yes. like, your, you know, that's good. Yes, yes. Um, it would drive, I mean, I feel like that's insane, because you guys, how could you possibly keep track of every single piece of art that you draw without some kind of safe, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. It's, but I have a guy that keeps track of them for me. Oh, that's and great. It, yeah, it works out nicely. And oh, I also man. have, a, Sicilian, I have a, a Sicilian mother, and everybody's terrified of me. <laughs> she can what rewire is... cars. She's 91, and she can rewire cars. <laughs> no, I understand, man. I was born in Brooklyn, so I get I get it. You know? <laughs> uh, all my fam my family's from Brooklyn. My fa they just kept having children, and there's a they own all of 40th Street. Uh, you know, I think <laughs> just yeah. how it is. Oh, that's incredible. Is there any uh, non-comic book hobbies that you have that you enjoy doing? Like, or, or you just, oh, you know. Uh, being what's, a husband to my, to my perfect wife is one. Mm -hmm. uh, being a son to my perfect son is two. Uh, family. But uh, I, like to, I like to go to the gym. I like to work out. Yep. Uh, I still love to play softball if I wasn't afraid of breaking a finger. Right. But uh, yeah. the, the, my wife was a bodybuilder when she was younger, and I learned that wow. from her. Uh, I don't body build, but I keep myself in shape and I enjoy it. A yeah. little bit of little bit of vanity goes a long way towards health, and I'm hoping, uh, you know, uh, I hope I'll be doing this for a lot longer. But family is that hobby. That's that's, that's awesome, the most man. important thing to me. That's incredible. Oh, uh, my buddy Greg wants to know how does the process work for getting your art tuned into a statue? Have yeah. your ba I have your Batman black and white from All Star Batman, and it's amazing. I think the uh, the powers that be just take an image. A two two dimensional image, and they send it to somebody, and it gets done. I wish I knew the the details. Uh, yeah. Rivals, I don't know. I just know that it's done, and I don't know the details of it. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that is, I was intelligent, just really good looking. <laughs> I was thinking about that too because I have a bunch of trading cards with your artwork on them, but it's artwork from the comic books, and I'm like, is that something that you like? Do you, do you feel like I would totally draw new stuff for trading cards? You know what I mean? Or are they are you yeah. just fine with them taking stuff from the? I'm okay. Well, first of all, they own the imagery. Okay. We get the original artwork back, but it's you know it's their it's their game. Right. So they can uh, basically put it on whatever they done, want. If it's done right, I, I have no complaints, and okay. I, I haven't had anything to complain about. That's cool. Yeah, that's one of the things. Is I have a bunch of your artwork and stuff like that, and after a while, I was just kind of like, does he redraw these, or are they just stamping them on? Does he have anything? Uh, I got a, I got a couple of things back over here that I could show, but it's I think it's everybody understands they literally take a pinup of a character. Or they might ask you for a specific pinup of a character so okay. they can facilitate it as a statue or right. as a mechanical uh, character. Uh, it works well for me. I have no problem with it. And uh, they haven't done anything I'm embarrassed over or anything to that extent. Would you, see, this, uh, would you ever uh, think about acting or doing like a cameo in these Marvel movies? Because I feel oh, like they sure. need a new Stan Lee. Like, I think you and your dad need to just be put into <laughs> the red. Hey, like, listen, I got into the kick-ass film. Mm -hmm. That's and true. You did. This, I, and I got in and then they edited my face out because the, the producer said, yeah, you're not authentic enough. 
I was the only guy from Brooklyn on that effing set. And that cracked Holy me shit. up. Uh, to, to, the truth is that even with the uh, gray area film, I'm listen, I'm a ham. I, I, you know, I've been doing conventions long enough that I'm not afraid of speaking in front of people. I right. come from a family of very outward people. And uh, uh, the, the uh, gray area, if it's produced, if it becomes a film, and I'm hoping it does, I told mm. the producer, <laughs> if you need a short, middle-aged Italian guy from Brooklyn, mm. let me know, and I'll go chase down somebody tomorrow. I can find them for you. They're everywhere. <laughs> so we'll see, if they, we'll see if they put me in. I can act. <laughs> so I had a crappy first marriage. I can act. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a, see, that's what I mean, man. It's funny when you said that about that they cut you out of the film because you were, you were the only authentic dude on there. They'll do that constantly. They'll be like, we need a John Romita type. And then you show up and they're like, but not you. <laughs> here's, another, here's another one that the, uh, uh, let's see, on a shot of a, of, a, of, a, of a TV screen, they showed somebody named Tony Romita was released from prison. It was, it was a casual background thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was originally Johnny Romita, and the producer said it again. That's not authentic enough. Oh, what? my God. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> You're like, am I even up. real? Oh, God. And here's an even funnier story about that same producer. You'll love this one. The director, <laughs> Matthew Vaughn, who mm. he and I got along great. Right. Matthew Vaughn, uh, when he told me that I was edited out, I said, why, why would you do that? I said, I'm the only guy with a busted nose on set. And he laughed. He says, let me tell you something. The producer's terrified of you. He thinks, he's, he thinks you're connected. He knows you're Sicilian. He thinks you're connected. Right. I said, I should take offense to that. But it, all right, let him think whatever he wants. The director <laughs> said, let him go on thinking this. You'll get the best parking spots. You'll get the best food. Right. Oh, my God. He That's phenomenal. He literally thought that I was. I love that he was just terrified of you. And you're like, you know what, fuck it. If it gets me more. Guy. I would have punched him in the kneecap if we had gotten to the point. <laughs> Oh God! I this is another one. This from this series that I just learned even existed. So that is how I mean. That's the craziest I've ever seen. Cap, look. Do you love taking a character and yeah. trying to push oh, it to God, the extreme? Yes. Oh God, yes. Love it. Love it. Love thinking outside the box. As long as it's a temporary thing. And the writer is the one that uh, pushed me towards that. So that, but it still comes out that way. Loved everything about it. Yep. I feel like Love I was it. gonna say. I feel like you had to have fun doing that kind of thing because oh, Zola in Caps. Yeah. That's fucking incredible. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, it's one of those things that you were talking about, like, during the pandemic or whatever, like, you were inside and you're just drawing or whatever. Do you mind getting into the sociopolitical aspect of stuff in the comic books? Do you you feel like, because they've touched on a few things here and there, given a little wing to it. Do you have any thoughts about how you're going to handle this period of time in the comics? I learned from uh, my parents as registered independents to be very wary of that. Be careful, Mm -hmm. because there's always a group that you're going to insult. Right. I would I would follow along if knowing that I would be able to go to the other side and do that as well. In other words, if I could find the right balance, sure. I try to avoid the politics in in comics, but there is some political correctness, and I have no problem with that. Right. Uh, I no, I don't. I don't think as long as it's done well. Sure. I, I don't have a problem with it, and it's, I know there's been there's been ideas that come from. Listen, with the nine eleven issue, mm-hmm. Joe said, you know, we have to be careful. Right. We cannot get too carried away in the other direction. And at the time, it was such a visceral anger right. that I didn't agree. But I saw what his point was. I didn't agree with it, but I saw what his point was. Uh, that's the kind of thing you have to be wary of, uh, is not mm-hmm. getting too far in one direction. And I've heard stories, you know, every time I go to a convention and a bar afterwards, what do you think about this? Right. I don't talk about it. You know, how about those Yankees? Leave me alone. <laughs> no, I hear you. And it, and it's insane too, but it's like one of those things I'm just curious, like how the, how artists are going to want, I always ask like how artists are going to wind up handling the pandemic situation. You know, if anybody's going to mention it, like I'm even looking, you know, what's crazy. Like the TV shows, some of them adapted to it. Nothing changed faster than commercials. Yeah, like exactly three right. weeks in, you know, the Verizon <laughs> guy had a mask on. I'm like, are we, should we know something yes. that the rest of, you know, <laughs> Like that guy's exactly fucking right. wearing a mask. Exactly right. And listen, if it works to a good extent, you can't argue with it. But it's everybody's yeah. kind of feeling their way. And Hollywood sure. jumps all in with two feet sometimes. Right. Uh, it can it can work and sometimes it won't. And listen, mm-hmm. if it doesn't work, the show's gone. Or the movie's gone. If it works, it builds. Sure. You know? Yeah. Half the characters wear masks anyway. The only ones are the ones like Wolverine with the bottom out and he That's doesn't need truth. it. That's the truth. Yeah. That's awesome. How was it? So the, the 9-11 comic that you came out, was that like the fastest you guys have ever had to put something 
like uh, together? Uh, I, I, not so much the deadline on getting it done, uh, mm -hmm. but the turnaround from how it happened, from what happened. Yes. Wow. Uh, we had to keep it um, fresh to, a, to, to, to the exclusion of all else. And I had to put images. I, I would turn this, but I don't want to show you my desk. I have a gigantic drafting table with imagery all over it that I need for reference. I had to do that and wow. update it daily. My wife would come in and I would I'd be I have a pallor about me because the, of what the imagery was from that day. Right. And uh, uh, I, I that's the only thing I could see being a, a, a problem for me was that is that it was terrifying. And sure. uh, unfortunately, that's the way it was. It was terrifying to everybody. I got a couple of buddies that were cops that uh, have to get checked every day because of the the, uh, the fumes from the right. pit. That kind of thing. There's all sorts of stories. And mine was a turnaround of a book. Come on. Mm. I got nothing to say. You yeah, know, no, of course. Yeah. About. It was, but I we just did, remember. We did have to turn it around. We had to turn yeah. around quick. And uh, Scott Hanna and I uh, got it done relatively quick. Joe did a, just a brilliant, just an insanely mm -hmm. brilliant job on that book. The words, there are, there, there, there are no words. Right. Came from the fact that he had to answer somebody saying, there are no words. How do I come up with an idea? Right. And then he based the whole book on there are no words. That's just sheer brilliance. And yeah. Scott Hanna, uh, he had the same kind of pressure that I did. But uh, there it is. That that, yeah. that was special and, and for the wrong reasons, unfortunately. I absolutely you know I know what you mean and I, I remember when I, I was in high school when that came out and I had uh, like I think I bought like two issues of it and still have it and it was it was not it was it was impactful it was a it, mean, it meant a lot to absolutely see that kind true. of stuff and yeah, yeah. I was I remember thinking at the time too and I was like wow they must the pressure that everybody must have been under to get this exactly right and, and I was I was completely wrong I said there's no way I'm going to do this this is wow and then it was explained to me and I discussed it with my father my wife, uh, my wife and I had discussed it at the outset because we watched it live, and both of us had we were trepid we had trepidations about it. And then after getting it explained to me, and I explained it to my father and my wife, and um, it came out to be what it was. There's nothing now. The anniversary, I can't believe it. Uh, yep. Twenty years. I was eight years old when I did that book. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. It that that was just it's it's incredible piece of piece of work dude so that was I it mean, is and scott hannah yeah. and the color artist uh, dean Dan white uh, unconsciously beautiful work unfortunately uh, a horrible horrible subject right yeah we'll move on from that we won't talk about that anymore <laughs> um so that was so you've got the other stuff coming up are you um are you looking forward to getting back into like you know the, like the the regular flow of things you have a group of artists that you guys meet with hang out bullshit and do that kind of stuff or have you kind of been like good yeah, like everybody leave me alone yeah, I would like to do a convention. I, I miss conventions and several artists that I've been in touch with, whether it's casual or emails. We all, after saying that we don't want to do conventions because it interrupted our deadlines, right. now we all are pining away. We're just missing, jonesing. The San Diego Comic-Con, come on, one of the yeah. great. I went to uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil for what I have been told is the largest convention in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, this stunning, fantastic, brilliant stuff. Love it. Got to do it. Got to meet people from all over the world. Loved everything about it. I can't wait to get back to it. And I may, I may get to it uh, and spend a whole year doing it, uh, just nonstop. Maybe take a sabbatical from deadline work. I don't know. I just miss the conventions and I miss meeting people and speaking to people. And um, I'll do sketches all day, all night at Marianne. I'll do it, whatever they want. That's awesome, dude. I, are so you? I mean, you, you're like me. You know, you're very you're Italian. You're not afraid to go up to anybody. Is there anybody that you met at a convention that literally just blew you away? Afraid to go up to that you didn't meet that you never met before? Uh, no, I've, I've walked up to a couple of celebrities, but I've always had a little bit of liquid, uh, uh, you know, guts in that in the glass at lunch. Matter of fact, right. that's how I met my fantastic wife, San Diego Comic Con. My my got a couple of my friends took me out and put a couple oh. of glasses of tequila in me. I would have spoke to the Pope that day and I saw this drop dead statuesque, beautiful female. And I said, what are you doing here? And she <laughs> says to me, that's the best line you can come up with. <laughs> and that, that was, that's 27 years ago. Wow, man. That's incredible. I've never, that the, I've never been to the San Diego comic-con. I've gone to other comic-cons before, but go. that's the one I want to get to. Gotta go. And go hang out. And I think my friends and I, you know, after being in this for a year, I think maybe my friends and I will probably all go together or something like that. We'll maybe try. make a trip. The city, the city's gorgeous too. 
aside from the convention being done so well, the city and the area, it's just stunning. What's funny yeah. is when I first did the show, it was a shanty uh, uh, Navy town, a sailor's oh, wow. town. It was not, it was like Times Square. And right. now it's, it's Disneyland. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. <laughs> and the ballpark is right there. Fantastic. If you could, if you could go there, if you had to, if you had to cosplay, I'm assuming you've never, what, what <laughs> I'm asking it, which that's one of your favorite characters? Question. That's a great, that's the first question of that sort I've been asked. Which uh, character? Uh, uh, um, I don't know. That's, a, I don't, God, I, I have to think about that. Next show you have me on, I'll come up with an answer. All right. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, that's a good, that's a good cliffhanger. Uh, something that covers up my face for sure. So nobody can see. <laughs> so nobody will recognize me. Right. Are you a helmet or a mask guy? That's a good, I, I feel All like right. there it is. that's going to be the question. Helmet. All right, cool, man. Well, listen, right. it's been, uh, thank you for so much for doing this, dude. It's oh, been an hour. I want to keep you. a blast. And I hope, I hope I made sense. You did. Albatross, did I make any sense? Are you still there, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's still there. Uh, no, thank you so much I, for coming on. Guys, both of you, at the drop of a hat, you let me know I'm there. I would love, I enjoyed this more than you know. Thank you, man. Seriously, it was, it's been an absolute joy for me and, and Tom's, you know. Yeah, this was so great. You have no idea. Like, I was really enjoying it backstage. I'm sorry I was doing so much, like, sharing it and posting it and putting stuff up, but I really wanted to be more involved with it. You were so good. Well, listen, so I'm lucky because I have a morals clause in my new contract with Marvel, with the mm -hmm. Disney people. I can't make fun of anybody. So if I were to open my mouth with a couple of glasses of wine in me, I could get fired. So I'm very glad I didn't say anything bad about anybody. Oh, good, man. I'm, I was trying. Listen, I think we got – we'll go for the second round the next one. Let's see there what we get. I'll, I'll have a little bit of liquid uh, guts the next time we have a, we have a, this talk. Let's do it. We'll all drink. You guys, you let yeah. me know. I would love to. Thanks, Thanks guys. so much, man. Appreciate definitely it. Definitely drinking with John Ramita Jr. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, wine, I'm a wine guy. I'm an Italian. I love wine. Oh, okay, you mentioned tequila before, though. I love the tequila. So, all right, one last thing before I go: Grand Patron and Yeho Piedra. All right, Grand, and I'll email it to you if you want. Grand Patron Please, yeah. and Yeho. It is the greatest tequila of all time, and that's the extent. Other than that, I'm a red wine guy. All right, cool, man. Thank you so all much. Right, be good. Dystopia tonight.